The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia. Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, December 21st, 2023, season 19, episode number 93. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and today we're going to talk about the Miami defense versus the Cowboys offense. Uh, We'll catch up on some injury updates here to get us going. Brian, what do we know about these three players? Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Malik Hooker. Yeah, they the the seem to be getting the positive. I didn't get an update on Smith, and I think it's one of those things that they. Um, I need to circle back on that one. I didn't get an update on that. The other ones were improving. Okay, and I say that with the with the thought. I mean, I'm I've, I've kind of learned my lesson about saying, "Yep, they're going to play this week." Because <laughs> I heard, "Yep, they're going to play this week," and then they didn't play. So I don't want to I don't want to make people feel go the wrong way here. I think that's important that if people want information, you give them the right information. But we need to circle back about Tyrant Smith and what you know. Now he naturally doesn't practice during the week and right. so um and this is going to be an important one when we get into the Dolphins defense about having him on the field this is going to be an important one for that regard so uh but the other ones I were was told are making improvements towards playing so let's see how that works yeah the thing that that kind of concerned me is you look at the injury report and we've been used to Tyron being on the injury report as a rest. As day. a rest, yeah. Yesterday it was designated as a back. Mm-hmm. And and that's the part that makes me a little bit worried just because of the history of the player. Uh, does that concern you guys at this point from the standpoint of just the, his history? It's the, Yeah, that's, that's the, the – there's always things with Tyron Smith that you have to worry about. You have to worry about the neck and you have to worry about the back because mm-hmm. when his back tightens up, it seems like there's always okay. Now what's it's all about rest, and does rest mean? Th- does it mean practice rest like they're trying to, or does it mean like he's going to have to miss a game because it's tightened up that bad? And I, I man, I this that's that's what I'm saying. I, and hopefully, I, I need to reach out and see if I can get any information before the end of this show, uh, and and kind of figure out is it something we need to worry about, which we're talking about right now. Because it is a concern because we always worry about Tyron Smith when he could get on an airplane and sit in the seat for four hours flying. And next thing you know, oh, his back tightens up for the game and now it's not good. And you're having Take it a step further. He can yeah. be on the field dressed up in full uniform, yeah. not really practicing, but just standing there to get that yeah. paycheck, but yeah. Uh, yeah. not play in that game. Yeah. So it happens a lot with him where... It's last minute, or he does miss more than one game back-to-back. So it's definitely an area of concern because there are other guys that are on there, and you see it next to their name, say, NIR, rest day. So it that's a tough one. And then add on Zach Martin on top of that. Yeah. I don't even want to think of a scenario like that with two of them out. I don't know what happens. We're dead. I don't, I don't know. I, I started <laughs> freaking out. But, yeah, with Zach Martin, 
I think what I've heard lately is just they're still waiting to see a day-by-day type of situation yeah. because it is a bruise, but then you don't really know until you get further along how that's going to look and all of that. Yeah, the, the like I say, the word was that I asked, I go, how how you feeling? And my guys were saying it's to the point where he's getting better every day. Mm. So there must be – the bruising must be – that's that's collection of blood there that's those are the kinds of things when you have a bruise that leads to tightness can you move so with the improvement every day we'll see and they man they need all these guys to line up they really really do in this one the reports are from from zach's standpoint that it was because it's a deep bruise yeah what tends to happen is it's there's kind of the pain associated with it there's also the muscle, like the 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 the, the ability the weakness to, to fire, of, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it sounded like it wasn't firing. That's why he couldn't go back into the game. So, if it's if it's something like that, then I don't know if if anyone knows until it's firing the way it should be, yeah. how long it's going to take for it to start firing mm-hmm. again in the way that it needs to. So that's the part you just you know I assume you just don't know. Yeah, yeah. What what do they do if if Tyron can't play? What happens from a standpoint of personnel? Uh, we've had this conversation ad nauseum about Tyler Smith, and does he slide out, yeah. or do you just throw Austin Richards in there? What do you think they would probably do if they if they didn't have Tyron Smith for a week? My gut would be that they would play Austin Richards at left tackle. Is what my I, I I always talk about, or we as a group talk about it as like, oh, it's simple, just kick, you know, kick. Uh, uh, Tyler Smith to the outside and then, you know, go ahead and, and kind of navigate it that way. But the fact that you've also got maybe Zach Martin being, you know, at uh, D1 are really weak in two spots. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, you would. It, it, hey, you're going to need you're going to need someone to block Bradley Chubb. We'll get into that. You're going to need somebody to take care of that. But I, I think that they would put awesome Richards at left tackle, let him start and then try and navigate it from there. And we've seen this scenario before already this season, so it's already happened. Um, they've seen this happen. Now, I don't know what you do if both of them are out, if Zach and Tyron are out. What would you guys do? That's well, a really pray. tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> Long. Yeah. You know, I, I they well, they would probably do the, like you say, I, I think what Awesome Richards would be the, the adjustment, and then they'll do what they did in the Buffalo game. Yeah. You know. And with the with the guard, and so I, I that's kind of how I think they would work about it. How did Tyler Bass look to you in that game? You know what? I tell you what, there was only the really the one time where they gave up they gave up a sack. He was beat right off the jump, and all of a sudden it turned into when he got beat, then Rico Dowdle had to come and pick up his guy because it happened so quick. And then what that allowed the Buffalo linebacker Dotson once he saw that Dowdle was blocking. He just said, "Okay, well, I'm going to rush. I'm going to key blitz this thing." And so when his key, when his key blocked, he immediately rushed, and that, you know, then Russo gets inside, Dotson gets there, and then they have, you know, they split a sack that way. That was the one time that I felt like that he was not good. But other than that, he comes in and plays pretty well. He, it's not like it's just this huge drop off. Okay, I know it's Zach Martin, Hall of Fame guard. But when you, you usually you expect like this big, massive, just oh my gosh, they can't block anybody with this guy, and he's he he comes in and he does a good job. He works well with Biotish, you know. He worked well with Steele when they had to. So you know, but that one time was when you went, oh geez, okay, now I understand why when you don't have Zach Martin in a game, this is what you're going to get. Sometimes you're going to get, but you know, that's sometimes these offensive linemen do get beat. 
you know, and and but with with Bass, it, it's it, he's he's a he's a pretty dependable guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually. I'm good. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say that with him too, with T.J. Bass, he's a guy that um, a lot of people over on that football side were yeah. talk very highly of him. Absolutely, and they like him a lot. I remember going back to preseason game, talking to Tyler Smith, and him um, asked me asking him the question, "Who has impressed you the most uh, in the?" O-lineman group, and he mentioned T.J. Bass. So they like him for a reason. I think he he's a guy that it's talented, and he can do you know be a plug-in player when needed. But of course, totally different playing level than when you take out a guy like Zach Martin. Yeah, that's the thing with with the thing with Bass is that there was a lot of people, and I know he was one of the guys that we talked about on the draft show quite a bit, and. Like, okay, who are your best available guys? Who are your best? You know, you get to the third day of the draft and you're starting to think about guys with traits and sixth, seventh round. Who's your best available? And Bass's name was always coming up on the list. And so when Dallas signed him as a free agent, then you were kind of like going, okay, here's a guy that probably should have got drafted and didn't get drafted. But Dallas was able to sign him and uh, make it work. And, he, and, he's, and he's done a really nice job. He really has. Frankly, between Bass and Richards, I'm actually really happy with what they've got out of these young offensive mm-hmm. linemen and excited about what the prospects can be going forward uh, with them because this, this, uh, there are areas of this offensive line that are getting older, and you're going to mm-hmm. have to have some, some key parts that, that you may mm-hmm. have to replace here in the next several years. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll dive into the Miami defense. There's a lot to talk about here, particularly starting with Vic Fangio. He is a defensive coordinator uh, that's given the Cowboys some problems in the past. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to the break. The 2024 NFL Pro Bowl games are taking over Orlando and the rosters up to you. Cast your ballot for the 2024 Pro Bowl games, vote, and send your favorite Cowboy players to compete in the ultimate AFC and NFC showdown this February. Vote now at DallasCowboys.com slash vote. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. The segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. We came up with a really good idea. What's that? If they're going to play games, you know, they're playing tug of war and all that's for these games. Yeah. You know, we figured out they needed to do a four by four relay. That'd be fun. Two of the guys have to be big men relay guys. I two, love yeah, that. Two big men, two, two hills. Guys, yeah. two, two fast guys, two big men. And the big man has to anchor. It has to be the anchor. <laughs> that would be outstanding. So yeah, I'm tuning in for that. If they, yeah, that's what I'm that. saying. Yeah, and, I would and dodgeball and, and tug of war and yeah. all that. Give me the, the give me the four by four relay with two of the guys being offense or defensive line. See, that's that's where I think it would be so much fun. But knowing the NFL, they'd be like, oh, there's a chance they could get hurt. Like we don't want to. They could get hurt in dodgeball. That's my point. <laughs> that's that's my the, point. The head with a that's rubber ball. <laughs> and I, but I, I would bet somebody would be like, oh no, they could pull something. Like yeah. they run every day. Like it's yeah. fine. Yeah. But that would be outstanding. I would. In, I'd be in on that. See, I, I don't. I, I'm not interested in the flag football game. But yeah. I would be interested in a in a four by it, like okay, it's it's the only thing we're gonna do. Yeah. And the winner, they're they're. The winning group, their charity gets money to, you know, they get money for their charity. Yeah. They pick a charity, and the winning team gets the, and you have to pick two fast guys and two little guys. That, that would two be little so guys and two heavy guys. Because, you know, there's some big guys that can move. Like, there's some oh, big yeah. guys in the NFL that can move, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. That would be really interesting to watch. Yeah, but it has yeah. to be a relay. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> I, I think the stadium would be electric. No, it would. Yeah. It would. All right, let's jump into the uh, Miami offense. I'm sorry, Miami defense versus Miami the defense, Cowboys yeah. offense. I mentioned it uh, before the break. Vic Fangio uh, mm-hmm. was the head coach in Denver back in 2021. Yeah, uh, they beat the Cowboys 30 to 16 that Shut day. Shut down pretty and good. And after day. the game, he talked about how he had a blueprint yeah. for beating this Cowboys offense. My question for you is: Number one, does he do the same sort of things here in Miami uh, that he was doing back in Denver? Yeah, the the thing that he's going to do, and it's really interesting the way that they they play. He's a he's really he's a zone concepts guy. He's going to play a lot of zone. Seventy five percent. If you look at the metrics, seventy five percent zone, twenty five percent man. Even though he's got some, he's got a really good man player in Ramsey, which yeah. he, which he's absolutely going to use in this game. I mean, you watch the Jets, and maybe it had to do a little bit with the Jets in their quarterback situation that they felt like that they can match up and play a little bit more man, you know, against Zach Wilson and maybe make that work. And, and they were able to do that. They, the Jets offensive line, as we all know, was, was just horrific and 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 Miami took advantage of that um the numbers will tell you too that this is uh this is a team with 48 sacks 32 of those sacks have come with four-man pressure Mm. so they're not really uh you know 32 of them have come without bringing a blitz so they're they're that's that's the second most in the National Football League by the way They, they you know they bring uh, four-man pressure 39 percent of the time so that's again that's second best in the league um I mentioned this about they play something that when you watch them on tape, they play a, a, a group or a a 
coverage called cloud. Mm-hmm. And cloud coverage is, let me give you an example. Cloud coverage, they play it 26% of the time, and you're kind of like watching, like, okay. Buffalo plays it 30% of the time. Buffalo is just ahead of them in the amount of cloud coverage. And what cloud coverage does, it 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 it's one of those things you usually can recognize it on defense because of the depth of the cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. Like one cornerback will play up and the other one will play back. And then so you kind of got a, a, a at the line and you got a soft one. Mm-hmm. And what it's designed to do is pre-snap, it looks like cover two with the two safeties. But it's designed to take away the deep ball and also help you in the run is what it's done. But you could attack the middle of the field with it and the seams you could attack. So Which they like to. Cowboys which, like but, to. That's to the Cowboys. Areas, yeah. So the Cowboys do have so Vic Fangio is plays a lot of cloud coverage. Mm-hmm. And you could tell by the like I say, you could see how the corners are playing up and back and then with the two deep looks. So he's gonna make Dak He's going to make Dak try and read his coverage as well, and, and, and every quarterback goes in the game trying to read the coverage. But he he does it in a way to help himself not give up the deep ball. And we saw that last week with Buffalo. Buffalo was not interested in letting you throw the ball over the top, mm-hmm. and they play that coverage more than just slightly more than what. The, the 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 Dolphins play. So let me ask you this real quick. When you say one one of the corners yeah. plays up, one plays back. Right. Just is that because depth. it morphs? Kind of, is that because it morphs kind of into a cover three? The one that's back kind of covers a, a it, third it, of the field. Or how, the back. The what's ba- the point of it? The back. The back one does move back. The the one that plays up is responsible for everything to the outside of that. You know, so he's up. It takes away that. The one that's back again. It kind of gives you that. That four, it gives you like four across look is okay. really what it gives you right yeah. there. And that's where we saw last week with the Cowboys. What were they dealing with? They were dealing with five underneath, four underneath, mm-hmm. you know, with, with two guys behind or one guy behind. Right. And they were trying to kind of to make it look, to appear like there's no seams. There's nothing. Right. There's no way to throw make the it hard. Yes, yeah, hard to find. Hard, hard to where find. Hard to find. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's see if the Cowboys and, and the, the Buffalo game might have helped them in this regard. Of having to deal with like okay, we saw this last week. Yeah, we saw this coverage last week. You know, and we had problems with it. Let's figure out ways. And like I say, the middle of it, the way, the middle of the of the of the zone, you can attack, and then it also you can you can deal with the seams or another one that you can attack. If I remember correctly, back uh, in 2021 when they played Denver, there was a lot of talk about them running a lot of match man. Yeah. Um, explain for the visitors, number one, I mean, for the listeners, for number one, what that kind of is. And then do they use that in, in Miami? In yeah. The way maybe it, they use in it in my, yeah. And match man is what you want to, with, with what you do is that you find the way to, it's exactly what it says. And you just find a way to match your guys yeah. up with, and it looks kind of like zone before, and, but and, then it kind of morphs and, into man. It morphs yeah. into man. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So you have guys back, but you have everybody underneath playing man coverage yep. or you have a single high safety, everybody playing man underneath. And now that they have Ramsey back, they're able to play that where he could play, where he could travel. Now he didn't travel all the time, but the thing you know about Ramsey in this game was we always talk about tra- guys that travel and they're like, well, just put CD in the slot and he won't be able to. No, Ramsey will go in the slot with him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where that's an advantage that they have. Is, is he better in the slot? Same in the slot? He's he, it's, he's a hard guy to complete the ball on. Yeah, he really. He, I mean, no matter he, where he lines, no matter where he lines up. I mean, if you look at if you look at the corner, the, the corner that I think that 
that you know that you absolutely need to. I mean, and and and, and if which we get into their corners. There, this this secondary is struggling with health, like their offensive line. I mean, Xavier Howard is a really good player. We'll see if he plays this week. Deshaun Elliott, we'll see if he plays. He's been in concussion protocol. Uh, Javon Holland has been a, a safety. You know, they've all missed time during the the thing. And the one player that people have is uh, is that the 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 opponents have attacked is Kadar Kaho. Is I think how you say his last name. It's K O H O U, Kadar Kaho, and 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 so it's he's the guy that teams have kind of gone after. He's he's the one that's played the most coverage snaps, and teams have had success. He wears number four, and so Ramsey will travel, and then the Eli Apple and Kaho, those guys will play the other the other uh, positions. In studying the Eagles game, there was no Ramsey, but Kaho he was he was involved and he he had his share of issues in these games. You know, with the and I was looking for okay, give me teams that've got good wide receivers. The Jets were a hard game to watch because their quarterback's so damn bad. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you're really not getting a feel of how they're playing coverage. But they, 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 this, the Ramsey's a guy, I, me personally, I don't know how often you want to go at him because if you just, you look at the metrics, he hasn't given up any touchdowns. It's a 50 50 proposition whether you're going to catch the ball or not. Mm. He's either going to knock it down or maybe a catch. He's right at 48% for allow, you know, for uh, completions on him. So you'd stay away from him, even if that means that you don't get your top I, it's a, receiver it's a, involved. It's a problem. Uh-huh. It's, it, it, I, I'm not saying you just have to completely abandon. I just think you have to be careful. Yeah. I think you have to be careful. Ramsey lives for these kinds of moments to playing games like this. And he did a great job against Garrett Wilson for the Jets. But again, the Jets quarterback situation is yeah. bad. Yeah. So now, you know, is there, you know, are you are you with Dak or in Lamb? Do you say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and go after this guy anyway? So, but I would I would I would look at Apple. It's depending on if they if like I say if if they don't get Howard back and others back in this game. But I would look at Apple and Coho and, and look at those guys and 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 see if you know that. That might be the route better off in this game. Who's the most dangerous player in the uh, in the Miami front, and where yeah. they line up? Who are they matched Man. up against? Who's going to be the primary person for the Cowboys going to have to deal with? Okay, this is where your Cowboy injuries kind of come into play here. If in fact Smith and Martin can't go, because Christian Wilkins is a is a beast inside defensive and, tackle. Yeah, defensive tackle, and he is a combination. He's got power. He's got quickness. He's got speed, agility. I mean, he's off the charts for his size. For how big he is, he's just one of those types of guys. The movement traits, they're second to none when you watch him play. He can penetrate. He can be disruptive. He plays the run well. He plays well against pass. Okay, he moves around. So it would be Smith and Martin having to deal with him. So you feel like that maybe you're in good shape there. Bradley Chubb on the outside usually plays as the right defensive end. And so he's the guy... He has a lot of, of tank Lawrence traits to him because he plays the run so well, too. Mm-hmm. So if you try and run the ball at him, off it would be your left side. He would he is he could be disrupted because he's strong. He gets up the field. He 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 knows how to like he reads scheme if you're trying 
block him a certain way. He's able to get off. He plays with his hands well. And he's a really, really good pass rusher. And he's just kind of a relentless guy. He's super active as a pass rusher. So, in my opinion, of your front seven, those are their two best players. Now, they're at linebacker. They played that we've seen it last week with a little bit of a lack of size. David Long is an inside linebacker. He doesn't have great height and he doesn't have great bulk, but he's super aggressive. These linebackers attack. Play action could be big against this group because all of a sudden, if you kind of get things going, play action will bring these linebackers up. You block the front, play action gets them up. Now you've got seams behind or you've got area behind these linebackers because they're so interested in getting downhill and attacking the run. They, they, that's what they want to do. They want to attack. As soon as they see run, they're all attacking there. They're going to play gaps. They play with really good discipline, and they tackle very, very well. But they, their linebacker, like I say, long, he's too aggressive, and you can get plays in behind him that way with the play action. It might be a, a good opportunity for the Cowboys if they can get it going. One other thing I noticed, Miami right now is sixth in rushing attempts against um, but fifth in yards per attempt, yeah. which suggests that teams want to be able to run the ball. Yeah. They haven't necessarily been successful no. in doing that. When you think about it from that standpoint, is this a game where the Cowboys really should be focused on their passing game, or do you think they are going to really have to go heavy on the run in order to set up the pass? I think that I think they're gonna. It's going to have to be an element. I, I I was encouraged by what they did against Buffalo and running the football. I was encouraged by that. I think I think Pollard is finally. Finding it, he had some good runs yeah. in the game. Now yeah. the question means the question will come in too, though. If no Smith and no Martin, how much you might have to run the ball or try to run the ball just to keep this pass rush off the top of yeah. off Dak in this game? Play action would be good if they can get the run. As I was saying, it, it can be good to to use in this game if they can get the running game going. But I, it's, it's uh, if it, the way the configuration of the secondary right now, uh, how banged up they are. If it's the guys that played against the Jets last week, and uh, uh, then I think that they're, with the exception of Ramsey, uh, you know Eli Apple and and the others, I, I think can you can you could find ways to make some plays on those guys. You know, um, I'm thinking of like what the Dolphins break would be talking about <laughs> when talking about the Cowboys' offense, and just looking at the opposing side, like. Dallas does have very talented players everywhere on offense, weapons. When you were talking, even if they take out or follow um, Lamb, Lamb yeah. the whole time, you still have Cooks. You still mm. have Jake Ferguson. Michael Gallup is still there with him. You never know which kind of game he's going to have, but you've seen him be good. You still have Tony Pollard. Um in there too, Rico Dowell. He's he. They they both can run the ball. The only biggest issue here that I think it's going to come down to is the O line. And I think mm. uh, same thing with what you talked about their offense, the right. Dolphins' offense. Right. I think both teams right now offensively are set up pretty similar. And it's going to come down to who who can play the fastest and who can get ahead. The fast, like the sooner, the quicker, um, right off the bat, so you're not falling behind and and just having to kind of catch up to the opposing team. Because right now, I mean, both quarterbacks can do things. They yeah. can throw the ball. They can both run the MB, ball. MVP kind of candidate quarterbacks, yeah. both of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's it. I think it really does come down everything to just how long can the O line, both O lines, hold, hold up, up in yeah. the game. Yeah. 
when you that's talk, a good point. When you talk about this defense, it sounds like when you go through all the different pieces of the defense, it sounds like they got as much talent as any of the better defenses that they've played all yeah. season. How would you rate them? Like if you if you were saying, are they better than the Philly? Do they have more talent than the Philly defense? I don't think they Is have. About, the, yeah, I don't think they have the pass rush yeah. that Philly has. Uh, but I think they've got the inside presence that Philly has. And I think they've got the one guy in Chubb would be very similar to what Hassan Reddick is. Yeah. So can you th- – this group, when you watch them play, they tackle well. They, I, I, I was impressed of how well they get to the ball and get guys on the ground. That, that, that was something I'm – usually you watch teams that struggle. In the, but they, they're so aggressive in the way that they play. Mm-hmm. I just was like – I'm like, dang, that you know that could have been a bigger gain there, but it, but it wasn't. So uh, I, I think the two teams are very similar. How that I mean, with the Cowboys and you know, there's some there's explosive players on Cowboys offense or explosive, really explosive players on the Dolphins offense. Yeah, you know, that, uh, their their ability at running back to run the ball is probably better than yours. You know that, it, but I think Ambar's right. I think it's going to come down to. You know the the health of both offensive lines, and if backup guys have to play in this game, which one of these backup offensive linemen hold up the best? Because that's that's going to tell the, the the tale of the tale of the game, I believe. Too, she's right. right about that. We're going to take our final break. We will come back and uh, we'll we'll have a little more talk on this Miami Dallas matchup: the Cowboys offense versus Miami's defense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. How about this one? Demarcus Lawrence is the Dallas Cowboys nominee for the 2023 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide. Help tank raise funds for the Dak Prescott Faith Fight and Finish Foundation by casting your vote on NFL.com slash Man of the Year or tweet your support using the hashtag WPMOY challenge. Voting ends on January 8th. Vote for Tank. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, we got a few more things I want to talk to you guys about regarding this matchup, and we'll hopefully get a couple fan questions in here uh, towards the end of the show as well. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Um, so here's, Honestly, here's the, the fans, fan, Derek really doesn't like you fans. I'm just going to let you know that. I try, man. I try. Everybody else on the show yeah, really, really appreciates I the do, fans. I try. I really do try. All right, so here's the question. Um, <laughs> what was the primary reason for the offensive challenges we saw last week? I think there are a lot of things you could point to. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest thing that was the problem for Dallas last week against Buffalo? I think the cover. I think I think Dallas is Dallas looks so basic playing defense or playing offense last week. The routes looked basic. The it it reminded me so much of the struggles that they had, and maybe the fact that. Buffalo did a great job of playing, in my opinion, playing coverage and not allowing you any – because we felt like that Buffalo was going to give up some separation. They were going to give up some yeah. plays. They were going to – and their 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 pass rush was, was good enough because it just kind of like – it rushed, and then it kind of, and then when there, when nothing developed for Dak to get rid of the ball, we didn't see Dak get rid of the ball with any quickness in this game. There yeah. wasn't any, there wasn't any decisiveness. It was all like, man, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, throw it, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, throw it, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I, I think he was going through that. He saw a bunch of blue jerseys, and it's like, nobody, it, every, it just looked like there's no, you could not see any white jerseys in a sea of blue. And I, I think that's something that really caused them problems. The, there was no combinations of the routes. The one that they had was the one, the big one that went to the Cooks, that they actually got the safety to play because of the Lamb route. But other than that, it seemed so just basic from what we've seen the previous six, seven weeks. It just, it was not a, it was not something that you would, you would, it's not something you would use for teaching film. Mm-hmm. You would use it for teaching film on how to play defense. You wouldn't use it for, hey, this is offensive attack. Watch this. This is how you, this is how you manipulate routes. And this is how it just seems so just, and, you know, and, and I think, I think give Buffalo credit for the way they, the way they played their the guys in the back end. The, um, if you, if you, Look at the game. Obviously, there was there was some rain. There was some rain early. Yeah, got heavier at, towards the second half. Yeah, it's too how late. Much, then, how yeah. much do you think the weather really played no. a factor in the game? No, no, no not no. at all. I mean, obviously, I mean you can't just disregard that. But and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to excuse anything. I'm just saying how much did it no, factor into what they were trying to do? It shouldn't be that different. Like we were there, we watched it. It was raining before the game. It stopped once kickoff started. The whole first half, 
it didn't seem like it was barely raining at all. Like it was, it, it dried up that way. Then into the second half, it kind of started <laughs> sprinkling again, but it wasn't a whole lot. And we know they were practicing out here with buckets full of water and getting their hands wet and the balls wet. So I don't, I, I mean, it sh- the performance should not have been that bad to blaming on on the weather is what I'm trying to say. Like you should have played better. Yeah, you could have come out with the loss and everything, but the playing level should have been a lot higher than what it was. So don't blame it on the weather because it wasn't even that bad. And I like what she's saying there because to me that it, it almost like if Dallas could have played some good defense early in that game and not, you know, maybe you do get the block punt, maybe you know some things kind of you get off the field, you get them off the field, that kind of thing and you know, maybe if it was a more of an even game, you would have seen Dallas just run the football. And, like, all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to make this a low-scoring. Right. Like I like I predict, I said I thought it was going to be a 20-16 to 16 Dallas victory. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that because I was thinking, okay, Dallas will be able to find a way to run the ball. They'll play some defense. But once their defense started just giving up gash plays and, and big runs and Buffalo was not – you know, Buffalo was holding the ball all day – I was like, oh man, this is just this is not going to work today. This is not going to work. And but they never could they never could get the game back into control. Right. They, they those long drives, twelve plays, thirteen plays, seventy five yards, eight minutes off the clock. It just that's just demoralizing. You know that that's to me that is the absolute worst way to lose a football game when you have no answer to stop somebody from running the football. Yeah. I I agree with you, Amber, that it's not an excuse. The one thing I will say is I do believe that because of their own doing, they got themselves into a hole where it's not conducive in that type of weather to get yourself out, right? You you get to that second half and, and the rain starts back up. That ain't the that ain't the, the conditions that you're like okay you we're gonna to have basically the back up and throw it every yeah. time yeah right? you needed yeah. to have the lead yeah, at that yeah. point in time. so so yeah, yeah it, they they put themselves in the hole but I do think the weather contributed to them not being able to dig themselves out I think I I will say this though weather I I, I do like what Ambar's saying because they they do they prepped it maybe over prepped it mm-hmm. maybe got into their head a little bit the way the uh, the tack looked like it was just so basic. But I, I will say this though that that I, I I'm going to give Buffalo's defense a lot of credit. Yeah, I, I just think the way that they they didn't give you anything on the back end, they didn't give up any big plays. They they any any type of big play that they did give up, they were able to rally and not make. You know, it was a 16 yard pass or 18 yard pass. That that was about it. They didn't really give up any huge 37 yard chunk plays that we've seen the previous seven weeks. Yeah. But you know what? More than weather, I would say the stadium. When you go into that stadium, it's so it feels very intimate. <laughs> but it feels very intimate because of the yeah. way that it's constructed. It feels very intimate. Is it was extremely loud. Like the the Bills fans showed up. They were there, and most of the time, obviously because how the game was going, they were standing up, cheering, very very loud, banging on our windows, and, and that was ridiculous <laughs> and annoying. But um, I think that that type of environment is harder to play more so than the little sprinkle of rain that was happening. Yeah, I got an update on Tyron Smith. All right, what we got? He's coming around. <laughs> is that the update? That's not very helpful, He's Brian. Around, the update. <laughs> That's not <a> very helpful. <laughs> Look, sometimes you get good information. Sometimes you just say, "Okay." He's, he's coming I don't know around. We learned anything, but yeah, he's coming around. So uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's that's 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 what we're that's a world we live in right now with Tyron Smith and yeah. others. We just yep, he's coming around. So. Well, I, 
We'll I mean, see how it works. I think we all know when it when it comes to neck and back, you got you should be <laughs> oh, concerned yeah. until yeah. he clears it. Absolutely, you should be concerned because yeah. we've seen this before, and that's yep. not a knock on him as much as just that's reality. We've seen this before. You got to be aware yeah. and concerned until you see him clear. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get a question here from Jacaro oh. Williams. He says, "Why not start uh, Dante Fowler and move Parsons to linebacker? If they're having issues with linebacker, they need more size at linebacker." Is this a prime opportunity to use one of your best players sure. at linebacker? Sure. Is Micah really a linebacker? He was in college. See, he was, but this is what's funny. We we we're we're dancing this dance, yeah. and we've danced it all year now. We've conveniently I, I can't tell you how many times, and folks, trust me, I I love you. I appreciate you out there. I appreciate you fans. <laughs> but but <laughs> but the it's so funny because when you when you Bring up the point of Micah Parsons being a linebacker. People will fight you tooth and nail about it. He's not a linebacker. He's an edge rusher. Can't you see that? If you put him at linebacker, he's not going to be able to rush. He's not going to be able to do everything. He affects the game more at linebacker. What the hell are you talking about? There's a reason why you're a fired scout, because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. That's the arguments that I get. Mm-hmm. Then when you start to talk about, you know, linebacking is not, you know, maybe they're struggling a little bit against the run. You know, now and now it's like now everybody is flipped and they're saying, well, it's obvious he's a linebacker. Put him at put him at off ball linebacker. What are you guys doing? What are you, what's your problem here? Folks, this is, in my opinion, you know what? I've learned he's an edge player. He is an edge player. He's a he is a he's one of the best defensive players in the National Football League when you put him near the ball. When you put him down on the line on the edge, or you put him inside against guards and centers who can't block him one on one, he is a weapon that way. He's not as effective as a linebacker as as he is a down player, and you've got now you've got to figure that out. You've got to figure out some other things. You are who you are right now because of the injuries to Overshone and to Van Der Esch and others. You, that's 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 who you are right now. But to sit there, I, I can't tell you how many people flip-flop on this. And I, I, I thought, yeah, he's a linebacker. I've always argued that he was a linebacker. But you watch him play and the way he affects games, he affects games more playing hand down than he does playing as a linebacker. Yeah, okay. it's like after so long uh, of watching him, you see where he thrives the most. And that is being on the line and pressuring the quarterback. It's kind of like Zach Martin. Can he play tackle? Absolutely. Yeah. But where is he best at? A guard. Yeah. So it's that type. Like, it depends. Like, where do you want? Okay, do you want like him playing his best, or because of the needs that you currently have, do you prefer moving him? He's still gonna play good, but now you're kind of. It depends. Like, pick your. Well, but yeah. but here's the deal. I, think, I don't know. I think we're making it seem like it has to be all or none. The way I look at this is, if you've got a team right now where, by the way. The linebackers they're playing right now are not linebackers. Yeah. If you want to talk yeah. about him being a linebacker, well, yeah. the guys that are linebacker aren't linebackers. They're safeties. Or the safeties. That you're bringing them down to play linebacker. So let's agree he's an edge player. Yeah. But it does this edge player need to play linebacker because otherwise you're going to get it handed to you in the run game. Like you can't stop the run game when these safeties are down there because you're giving up so much size. My question becomes, if could you it watch, be a situation you, where maybe even early in the game or in early downs where you're more prone to see the yeah. run, you put him at linebacker and then on pass rush downs, put him down so he can he can go get the quarterback. Can you do both, right? Go back and watch the Green Bay game of him playing Alf linebacker last year. They ran, the, they ran the ball for 240-something yards that game or more, I think. Green yeah. Bay. They, yeah. 
So you don't think he can play off-ball line? I, I don't. I, I don't think because you even he doesn't e- do it enough. Even when you watched him in the Carolina game play linebacker, he ran around blocks. He jumped blocks. Yeah. You know, sometimes, like you say, the biggest problem that the Cowboys have right now is the lack of bulk, which you're trying to make up by putting Parsons in there as a bulk player. Yeah. But then, but you also have to have the instincts to play. That's the uh, to me. But did the, he have those instincts in college though? Because I think coming out, we I all think, thought he was a good off-ball linebacker. We didn't know yeah. he had the pass rush ability. Right. But to, to me, the, to me, we keep referring to college. But how long has it been already? Like I, three no, years. I get that. No, no, I get he, that. He was, but if no, you he, got the instincts, you got the instincts. Yeah, right. They don't go away. See, I don't that's think. the thing about it is though the prep work that he has to do to play off-ball linebacker is a lot different than the prep work he has to do for for what mm-hmm. how you're how he's going to play as the edge. That's something you have to think about too. You know, you have to feel okay when you. There's a reason why Sean Lee, Leighton Vander Esch, guys like that are really good linebackers because they they sit down and they study and they read and they and they watch film and they do everything in their power to get ready for a game. And when somebody runs a formation, they're thinking like, okay, we're about to get this. There's something to that. There's something to that, having to put in all that work to be that guy. So you can't just show up if you're playing edge and be like, okay, today I'm playing linebacker. You yeah. got to really know you gotta so know. you can prepare for that. You yeah. absolutely have to. And, and so if, if that's, if you know, his preparation to have to do that, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see that. I'd be interested to see how much that works. But if you, if when you play him at edge, he, he has a God-given talent to rush the passer wherever yeah. you put him. And but, but people are saying, well, damn, Brian, it's not rush the passer. We're playing the run. He could play the run. They run the ball at him, too, mm-hmm. sometimes. And it, it, some of the things when they run the ball at him, it's that awareness. Mm-hmm. It's that understanding what's happening. Yep. Things that, you know, like I say, go back and watch the Green Bay game where he was off-ball linebacker. And I, I think he's one. I think he's rare. I think he's an absolute rare player. But I, I'm going to try and figure out other things. And you're right. You're going to get it handed to you in the running game because of what's going on with Dan. trying. And I keep saying this, the best defense – for a run defense is an offense that scores a lot of points yeah. because we've learned when when they don't when when there's 35 30 40 points a game for the Dallas Cowboys nobody's running the ball on you yeah you know that's that at least this year you have to you're going to have to get around that you're going to have to. Until you get your linebackers back. Right. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. Tomorrow we will wrap this thing up. We'll let you know what we think is going to happen this Sunday. Till then, for Brian Broaddus and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!